Oh, really? We rolling. What up, guys? Because we're going to watch a movie after. All right, well, Thursday nights, Ridge Podcast and a movie. All are welcome. We're trying to get it popping, so I'm, like, announcing that. Yeah, come through. You know? We watched Infinity War last week. We're going to watch some dope shit. Veronica's kind of like, wait a second. I don't know if I approve this message. (laughs) because it's like a live podcast like if people want to participate in the podcast jump in jump in like with some feedback like it's not more minds the merrier we got danny cohen here tonight hi what up i mean are you down to stay for the movie or you you got kids and shit no it's fine i gotta but i gotta work pretty you got what time you gotta get up like eight yeah, you're. Yeah, I'm old. You're a. You're a stronger man than me. I mean, I, I when I think about you getting up at eight, I just have so much respect for that. Actually, I probably get up at about six forty-five every morning. That's fucking insane. Yeah. But that's my clock. I can't. I can't go to sleep. And like Kellen gets up at five thirty. I can't. That's even, it. That's heavy. I, there's a yoga class at six to seven, and I wish I could go to it, but I just can't wake up in time. Bro, Whoa. I couldn't get up at noon today <laughs> you're a fucking I werewolf no like dog. i couldn't get out of bed i relate it, it was like it's fucking noon and i'm like so comfortable and it's not just that i'm like afraid i don't know i've been talking you, with my therapist you, about like why it's so hard for me to get up at, like and it's like not it's just like a like whatever insecure i don't feel like i'm gonna be able to do what i need really to do. yeah there's some of that but do you, like do you I have thought a I was just being a lazy room? shit Would no you, it's also just like i just it's so comfortable it's yeah. like the vegas it, like, style I feel room like, like are your blinds all like is no it we, 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 she 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 likes me to have some light coming in there okay. so it's not you know i, I w- i'm not the same as pat and i watched this video of how like all ceos wake up at like five like dwayne the wrong jo- dwayne the rock johnson's like worked out eaten and everything gone to the gym yeah, fuck that by floor. like eight and i'm just like how do i get on this level so I, saw, I tried to do that for like a week and i just fucking couldn't dude i saw a post on on instagram about mark Wahlberg's daily routine i don't know if you saw that oh yeah and it was like the most psychotic yeah. schedule i've ever seen but what time are these guys going to bed that's the <laughs> he's thing he's going oh. to bed at 7:30 yeah, yeah the see, rock was the same okay same. but see that's like great like you're getting your shit done earlier than me whatever i don't care like Right, you're still I don't need the- to wake up. Like I fucking sometimes I'll run at like one in the morning. Yeah, you're do- you're just in a different time zone. Yeah, it's fine. Fuck that. I'm not trying to. What the fuck kind of crazy shit is that? Waking <laughs> up at fucking five in the morning. Like, what are you well, doing? I feel like, like. What are you trying to prove? Like, I feel like when I wake up like really early, like for a flight, for, like for Ridge or something, like I feel really good in the morning. Like, yeah. When you wake up early and you actually get out of bed and you get well, out of the house, you feel fucking great. Like, you don't even need coffee. So I had a meeting in Century City on Tuesday at, at 7 a.m. And I was super nervous because I was like presenting in front of like, I don't know, 40 people. Uh huh. So I was up because I was nervous. But. It was two. By the time I was back into my office, like doing work, it was noon. But it felt like five. It, no, it felt. It, it was like right. It felt like the day was over. Yeah, and it was lagging the whole day because I woke up two hours earlier than I usually do. Yeah, that's the thing is I'll get tired. We got Joe Rogan on the podcast today. 
Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what up, well, Joe Rogan, d- d- Joe, d- Danny Cohen? We made it. We, we made finally it. got Joe Rogan on the podcast. <laughs> no, but if, if think for me, thinking about waking up at seven, th- a meeting in Century City at seven a.m. is like I would compare that to like going into war in <laughs> Afghanistan <laughs> on the front lines. That's the amount of fear I have around. No, it's. It's crazy. That's, uh, but once I'm out the door, it's fine. But when I open my eyes and that alarm goes off, I almost have to, I don't know. Sometimes I, I jump out of bed and I pretend like it's not happening. And I just like go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, I fit, trick myself into like, you know, whatever. I have different, different ways of doing it. But, but um, did, you, did you hear something about if you like wake up in the morning and the first thing you do, if you drink like a really cold glass of water, it's supposed to speed up your, mm-hmm. your oh, metabolism? Interesting. That. I've heard that. Is, that. is that bullshit or what? I mean, I don't know. I've actually had to quit coffee for health reasons. And so I've been drinking like a shit ton of water. And it's actually kind of, it's been nice, actually. I like, I don't miss coffee that much. Well, so I could okay, kind of see how that would be true. This, these guys, these kids, man, they do something for one week and they're like, I quit. Co-. Like, how long have you not drinking coffee? <laughs> like four days. It's like, yeah, you, and the way he talks about yeah, it my, is my, like he's been it's doing ins- it. It's insane. I feel it's like, talk to I, me I, in four months. I feel <laughs> different, dude. <laughs> totally. And then how, we'll how, old feel are you? how old are you? 21. That's insane. That, that, that you just talked about a four-day thing like it was a like a habitual <laughs> process, like that you have a remarkable practice. Yeah, yeah it's you, not. <laughs> but it's yeah. been it's been you know seventy-two hours. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you're. I really, I do genuinely feel different because, dude, yeah, but, I I actually had to go to the fucking doctor. I don't know. I didn't told you this, Pat. I had to go to the doctor because I was peeing like red, mm. and I like freaked out. So I went to the doctor, and they took me to like a urologist. And like the an first, ulcer? the first, well, they don't know yet. I have to actually do a procedure on October 4th to like, they're going to put me under and put like a camera in my dick. But the first doctor said that it was like dehydration. Like I wasn't drinking of water. The second doctor said I have too much adrenaline in my system because of my history with like anxiety and, um, all the coffee I drink and the alpha brain and all that and how much I work. And then my sleep habits, he said I have too much adrenaline in my system. We and he told me just to fucking calm down. We mix fucking caveman cold nitro cold brew with alpha brain <laughs> and go hard. Is, this, is, is there's an alpha brain powder or something? Yeah, dude. The like doctor was like, "What's alpha brain?" He's like, "What's in it?" And I like, I looked it up and I showed it to him. He's just like, "I don't even know what half the shit is, yeah. dude." Well, he's not on that. I mean, you know, Joe's on that future shit. Well, I'm. T- he's so he's, alpha brain. For those of you who don't know, is 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 a, is a on it product. Joe Rogan is one of the owners of the company on it. And I'm not ashamed to say that Joe Rogan's one of my heroes. He's one of the people I look up to. Oh, I bought it. I'm not, I don't mm, give a I fuck. I bought the product. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy, if he's selling it, it, I'm pretty much down to, to, to consider buying it. Um, having Some, said that, before we got into this, we were talking about an episode. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the, the 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 Joe Rogan episode. This is the we'll, podcast where we talk about the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, some shit. You, you, well, first of all, Elon Musk was just on. He smoked some weed. It's a great podcast. Honestly, I think if you're a human being living on Earth, you need to listen to this fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely the, the, the changed Elon, my perception of things. The Elon Musk one. Just all of it. I mean, all being, of it. No, but what I'm saying, I'm saying in specifically the Elon Musk podcast with 
that's the one that because they're talking about being artificial like we're basically cyborgs already because we have a phone that's with us all the time even though it's not attached to us but you were talking about the dude who spent 22 years of his life on death row and is now out of prison yep that dude yaris it was it was an nick well i'm looking his name is nick yaris yeah and was um, convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. Yeah, so you had brought that up. That shit was crazy. That, that, it was an exhausting podcast for me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. I felt like I ran a marathon. <laughs> and there was something about dude that was like really like manipulative or almost like he, unconvincing. He was or? manipulating me the whole pot. Like he wanted me to feel bad for him. Like it Hold was up, weird. Though. Be careful. He was an addict. Well, just be careful because like. Dude experienced the level of trauma. Oh, no, totally. That you can't even understand. Right. So he fully has a pass. Right. But like, you know, but it was still like, you know, off. And I mean, dude's come so far from where he should be, which is pretty much in a mental hospital. I would have or dead or dead. I would have broken. So, I mean, you can't even really judge. But it yeah, was. I it did feel. I felt guilty too. I was like, "Damn, this fool's been a lot," and here I am yeah. judging him. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, so yeah. to like no, make I myself, the same thing. but to make myself feel like I was just like, "Damn, am I just an asshole?" And then I went on the YouTube comments, and everyone was like, "Is it just me, or does this? Do you feel like you're being manipulated by, by this guy? Like this guy? Yeah. I feel like everyone kind of felt that way." Well, and I'm not trying to like downplay his story or anything because he, he was. I really sympathize with it, but like it's just how I feel. Like, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, also like the guy's been head's been smashed in thousands of times. I feel like I mean, it was mm. it, it's. But it's weird because like he he, um, he was like close, you know. But then that fear and that insecurity kicks in and he starts bullshitting and it's like wait you were like you were there and now you're like not there right anymore. right he kept and you're like crying changing and then the path and then you're talking about like oh i don't want to cry anymore enough of the crying and joe's like no like it's all good like whatever you got to do you know yeah but yeah that's funny that we all well did you feel that way danny well i mean well, he said it was, I was exhausted. I, I was exhausted. I felt like the manipulation part was due to his being him being an addict, mm, and that's right. Sometimes the you know when you're an addict, well, I feel like there's a manipulative component depending on the type of addict you are. No, always. Yeah, not even depending. And we're so both addicts. Oh, see, I didn't. I, I didn't so, know that. I didn't know you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, we're four years sober. So, so there's all addicts are manipulative by nature. Yeah. So I, my friend was, you know, in a relationship, a long-term relationship with someone who was, you know, a pretty hardcore addict where call them out. What's their name? She, who uh, who are we talking about? Yeah. I'm not going (laughs) to, well, so, so Uh, they were both from Philadelphia living in California. And he's like, yeah, I don't, how many people well, listen to this again? No, his, like, so his chick, 10, his chick was such an addict that she would go on these benders and wake up in a different state or country. And that's like, and come to mm-hmm. after like a real, real long bender, she would be blacked out for days. And yeah. Anyway. So, so his relationship was so fucking toxic because she would manipulate him in a certain way where for me, I could see that. But I, for him, he was maybe pussy whipped or he loved her so much. Codependency? That he was, yeah, he was sort of codependent on her ways. And now they're actually not together. But, but 
it was a trip to see because I would even see her live manipulating him like in public, like where it was just it was just a weird relationship. So that's where I originally like saw firsthand that like I correlated an addict to manipulative manipulative behavior. Yeah, I mean basically anything, any negative character trait a person can have, alcoholics and addicts have. Self, self-obsessed, defiant, Pride, rebellious, greed, greedy, prideful, um, unsatisfied, Fear, manipulative, fearful, insecure, fearful. It's, I mean, this is what makes, this is, these are the traits. This is, that is alcoholism. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I know, that's, but I'm, that's I'm just here. I'm just here to say that that's actually what it is. Addiction and alcoholism, they are those things, right? Right. Alcohol and drugs, like they actually cure the unfulfillment kind the, of the problem, to it. which yeah, is right. alcoholism. So mm-hmm. like it's like the medicine for the disease. Right. And like when I'm drunk or high, I'm like okay. Right. So it's the medicine. A lot of times when people get sober, the character defects get worse. They get more manipulative. They get more fucked up. They just took away the medicine. More greedy. They're trying to win on an even bigger scale, and they're able to do it because they're sober and they're lucid and they're not like they're like more on point, but driven by a thousand forms of fear and insecurity. Now tell which me, is where the twelve steps come in, right? Because well, then that becomes the, your the difference between like a like a, a a dry drunk, which means you're sober but you're all fucked up, and like a and they usually end like I've or heard a lot of sober, stories sober. and like an emotional, an emotionally stable, you know, emotional sobriety is like a real thing that I strive for on a daily basis. You know, uh, interesting. So the twelve steps works on those character flaws within yourself. Yeah, it's only Absolutely. it's really only a way of like seeing your um, character defects. And how long have you been sober? Thirteen years. Okay. Did you did you have a point where? You were like, I need to get sober or else X is going to happen. Of course. Do you, you, can you talk about that stuff? I mean, what, what, I, I'm just curious because you haven't told me that. Like where, obviously I know you've been sober for a long time. Yeah, I was like taking Oxycontin and like Norco. I was taking like 30 Norcos a day. 30? Yeah, like I would take five at a time. How? And it would just be like... You know, uh, I would take I would take like a like an eighty milligram oxy with like a zanny, and and then like a shot of wild turkey, and then like on some days where all I had was Norcos, it'd be like twenty Norcos, thirty Nor five at a time, four times a day. That's like 20, 20 Norcos. You know? Whoa! Um, keep your phone on because I'm gonna call you later. I might come by, but we probably won't. But we might. I mean, we could. What? And then she actually drove me. Veronica drove me to rehab. Um, you know, Steve and Aunt, Steve and Tim were like, yo, we're done. We can't do this anymore. I was like totaled a couple cars. I had, a, I had two DUIs. I got two, two DUIs in like two weeks or like in a matter of like two months or some shit. It was just like, I mean, the big part, the big thing for me was I just didn't really have like, I'd run out of like ways of like getting money. And medicine. Well, that's what leads to the medicine. So like I had figured, like first I ran out of money. Then I like had a bunch of ways of like how getting much, money. How much does, you know. Like siphoning money from Veronica or my dad or 
whatever, like figuring out ways to manipulate people to get the drugs. Like you're in the manipulation mode when you're sober to try to get what you want, which is drugs. So keep your phone on. You, you, would you maybe want to go to Jason's? Yeah, I'm open to whatever. We're trying to get Jason on soon too, by the way, oh, people. Jason Evigan, yeah. But so I'll call you and I'll ask you how, how it's going. Veronica's headed out to Jason's for, for art night they're doing like arts and crafts chumba it's dope yeah they're fucking dope they have like actually jason saw me that was one thing i thought we could talk about a little bit when jason comes on is like what it was like to be on the road with me whoa he because, was on the road with you well i was in his first band yeah oh wow and he he always was like i mean it was just fucking mad it was it was insane but yeah i mean it was just like you know like anyone else it just comes to a point where it's like all right what was that? Just, and I always knew, like, dude, this isn't going to last forever. Like, how am I going to take this many pills? Whoa, how much money were you spending a day on, on just, like... Well, I would, I would try to get, like, pills in the hundreds so I could, like, sell some of them and, like, convince myself I wasn't spending as much on them. Oof. But, um, yeah, I spent a lot of money. I took trash bags of pills and weed. <sighs> That's and crazy. It's man. really kind of crazy how much you can do... I remember dude came over one time with a with like you know one of those big fucking vitamin bottles of fucking oxys and just gave me the whole bottle and he fronted it to me and I'm like yeah I'll fucking pay you back like I had no idea how I was going to pay him back so I stole a check from my fucking dad forged a check fucking paid him back couple months later this uh, my dad finds out I forged a check for like a whole fucking bottle of oxys and I'm like selling one out of like 10 I'm not really making my money back, you know, but I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, to myself think like, you are. oh, like I'm doing something here because I'm, you know, it's like Biggie said, like, don't never get high in your own supply. Yeah. I just got high on my own supply. I was That's, listening to Biggie today, actually. Yeah. This morning, I tried to get my son into it, but he's just, <laughs> it's tough. Dude. He's just all about the little, the little, uh, rep, the little peeps or the little pawns. We're gonna, the we're little... gonna go into this conversation. No, no, I, I don't mean, I don't mean <laughs> to move we could, it. We could touch on it. I don't like... mean to move it, but, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, that's, uh, but I, it's, it's, it's weird. It's not in my family. It's not like I feel like it's not in our hair, like heredity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and. And as, as my family, I don't know, no one in my family I don't really? know, ever, uh, well, not, I don't have a big family either. Right. right. It's not like I got 15 cousins and I have, you know, three close cousins, but I just don't, I've, I don't have much experience with it. Mm. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. So in, in a way, the reason I'm asking these questions is because I'm, I'm just naive as fuck. That's, that's fine. It's great. It's good for the audience too, who like don't know, like they're they're hearing through you. Well, it's the Ridge podcast, so he's got to break down. I mean, I, I've you know I've listened to a couple episodes, but I haven't heard you talk about stuff like that. Um, yeah, we haven't really done that. Although we were thinking, I th it looks like my signal's way louder than yours, your, your guys's. But we were thinking of, you know, just like um, like we live our lives by a certain set of principles. Because we're sober, we live our lives by a certain set of principles, like honesty, um, humility, um, courage, faith. You said something. Selflessness. Like these are principles we have to live our lives by because if we go, like the, the guilt will eat us 
alive, right? Because when you're sober, you don't really take, you don't take the edge off. You're not really, you, you kind of got to like be on the straight and narrow as far as like ethics and morals go or else you're going to be like not happy, which will lead to getting loaded. Yeah, it's, right? like a, it's like a practice. Yeah, so, so that was kind of one of the things that we wanted to like weave into this podcast was well, like I'll tell you, that you, kind of energy. You were, uh, we were, we were Lake Mead Labor Day and you said something about how like, you know, how if you talk about how insignificant right. your situation is, right. it creates a type of humility that, uh-huh. and it kind of blew me away because I haven't heard that in a while. And, right. and even, you know, not to talk too much about it, but, you know, Joe was talking about a little bit at the end of the Yaris podcast. Mm-hmm. He was talking about, you know, you know, not focusing on the chase, right? The, the, the cars and the, sh- well, well, he was talking about a different thing, which was really fucking dope. He was talking about how things won't make you happy, which I recorded and posted to my Instagram, you know, the car, the, the chick, the money. Dude, the, we, we think on such similar wavelengths. It's kind of weird. Well, I think a lot of people actually, are, are because of our culture are very focused on these things, these external things. Yeah, I am. yeah, the money, the business, the house, the car. It's not just like a tangible thing. It's like fucking, success. It's I have like a, I have a vision board with with toys, which is cool. But that's really not going to. But what I was talking to you about, as far as the humility thing, was related to like public speaking, and how the truth is, we're just like these tiny, insignificant people no one really cares as soon as you recognize that you can like peak speak publicly or like come on this podcast you know people are going to hear you but like the truth is is that you're not really that important i'm not well, that important like people don't really care the only reason to be afraid in front of a big crowd is because you think you matter enough to these people well you i know think, what i'm saying I, I like know. most people are just too worried about themselves to be worried about. But, right. but I think that all ties together with ego. No, 100%. And so you, when you're ego-driven... So when you see someone up on a stage speaking and you're like, this fool's crushing it, he must have a big ego, it's probably the opposite, mm. which is that they're humble and they're willing to look bad. They've been willing to look bad for so long, they've gotten good at it to the point where like they don't give a fuck. For me, I think part of what makes me a good speaker is because I don't give a fuck I'm willing to be honest like Wickham was talking about like getting something stuck up his dick earlier (laughs) like he doesn't give a fuck yeah no he has enough humility to recognize that by being honest it's like that's he he can just be himself right like as long as we're just ourselves unapologetically and we're not worried about what people think because they don't really care because all they really care about is themselves the way we care about ourselves then everyone can just be themselves and everyone can be their own unique individual and that's all anyone ever wants us to be like i was thinking about noah like like noah's like so dope just the way he is he's so different but like you know a lot of people in that situation like you introduce it Tell me, give me back. Noah's just the first person that I thought of because he's kind of like a reclusive, quiet, like he's a dude that works for me. I just thought of, I mean, I could use anyone as an example. Jax. Is he at the movie last weekend? He was. He's the dude that wrote the the Alien script. Like just be yourself. 
and, and and you can post that. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We're not in fucking class. Danny got an Instagram video and he's gonna fucking post it. Tag us. But yeah, I just think that there's a lot of fear and insecure. And I noticed that actually even like within, you know, Noah and other people, like they they're um afraid of not being liked or or, you know, we all have it. But like if if everyone could just completely let go of that and just be themselves, like that would be so dope. Like yeah. imagine like a version of Noah who's like not at all scared of what anyone thinks. Yeah. I, I, I feel I feel that way in, in my school too. Like a lot of the kids, are yeah, like, they they have so much like passion and like they want to learn, but they don't want to like show it. Yeah, like in, yeah, in, yeah. I'm the only one asking questions and like participating in class because yeah. they don't want to like seem like corny for like participating. I'm just like, yo, just like do you? No one cares. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well, it's just a component of you know authenticity. Right? Yeah, but what is it? What is that about? Like. It's almost like confidence. It's like it's like confidence in a way, but like fueled by like the like I don't give a fuck. Well, I think I think if you it's if, almost like you don't it's just you live it's like a if you live your life like like when I when I'm first like when I'm dating a girl or when I just start dating someone, I tell them almost like right off the bat, like you always know where you're going to stand with me at all times. Right. That's and dope. it's just like, it's just like, there, yeah. there's, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and then I also follow that up with like, you know, I also followed it up with, um, you know, I'm not the type of person you need to be careful around. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, whether a chick gets that or not, or, you know, whether they understand what I'm truly trying to say I, I i don't know but what i'm trying the point i'm getting across is like i'm uh, you know dr- drop all that like you know in drop the interview bullshit um i'm not someone you need to be careful around i don't judge i you know I, i'm not someone who's easily offended either i think yeah. that has to do with it you know because when you're when you're really real people could get offended by that and and that's they're just you know i hate that that's really yeah. shitty i know I feel do, you. do they? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. People, I get what he's saying. People get offended. So, so when I'm, huh. you know, when I'm first meeting a chick, I just get that off. You know, I'm like, I, I'm, well, it's just because they're not expecting that. People aren't expecting you to be. I think a lot of it has to do with just I don't I don't have time for that shit. Like you just like I don't I don't have patience. I don't have that. Like I don't. Like I'm done. I'm over it. Like I'm. I don't have time well, for the right, bullshit. Right. But it's but like, but you know you're not in a situation where you're meeting a chick for the first time over drinks, or you're. <laughs> no, not, I I actually am. You, oh, okay. Tell me a little bit. Like what? So well, I was in like an open marriage for a while, and and I've met. You know, I, I am in that kind of a situation. I have been in that situation. Okay. And plus, on the road, you meet people and. You know, I actually have an image to uphold when I'm on the road as like Preston from Hypercrush, which is a whole nother level of like weirdness coming into yeah. it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then like, you know, you have to like perform as no, that person. And totally. Like you're insecure and Whoa. a lot of weird shit. That's comes a whole other it. thing. Yeah. Um, but when you're meeting a chick, I feel like there's this. Like, no, I do that too. I'm super real right away. And they're like, wait, it's but weird. Like, it right. works a lot of times. It does. If you can really pull it off and be and continue to be like you, you know, that's all I've ever, that's that, that's like my game. That's like how I operate with like chicks in general. 
That's always been my thing. I go up to him. I'm like, I took fucking, you know, 15 Norcos today. You want to go to a Beck concert tomorrow? And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, and then I'm like, you know, just off the wall, like weird and whatever. And sometimes it feels like most times girls are like into that. You're just, you're just honest. You're just brutal. It's like, I think girls just like something new. Your phone is spazzing the fuck out right is now. Is it? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm yeah. this shit. I can't even tag myself. Well, just pause it. Just put it down because this is like this is important. Yeah. Um, I'm saying girls like something new and exciting and authentic and like when they when 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 they're like um when, when when you're acting in a way that they're not used to people like if you go up to a super hot fucking chick who's used to guys like stumbling all over her and you like say some rude shit to her and just like walk away. She's going to be like, wait, what? What? And she might even like, yeah, but, um, I I do feel that way too. Like I try to be that way at like, at like my school and stuff. And it's, it's, uh, it's weird. I, I, I actually turn a lot of people off by how I act and how like honest I am and like blunt. Um, it comes off the wrong way a lot. It comes off as like I'm egotistical or like loud or yeah. like, you know what I mean? And it, it almost like scares people away. Like, whoa, he's weird. You know what I mean? But how do you think you get to be like, I don't give a fuck? Um, how do you think you achieve that? I feel As opposed to like, I'm sure you know some people that don't have, they're just like afraid. How do you get there? I don't know. All I would know is like for me that I've like been through so much pain yeah. and bullshit that like that's it. me embarrassing myself in front of a group of people isn't the worst thing in the world. No, that's like, it. It's like that's I've been through my, like there's nothing. It doesn't matter. That's literally it. That's it for me too. It's I, the same way you, you, you achieve anything. You try it and you fail. You try it and you fail. You get embarrassed and then you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like I can't not be real. I don't have time or patience. Life's too short, whatever. I, I'm bored. But, I'm bored of the bullshit to the point where I'm only keeping it real. And if you ask me how I'm doing and I had a really bad day, I'm going to immediately tell you I had a bad day and I'm getting into details. Yeah. And if you don't want to hear about them, then you shouldn't have fucking asked me how I'm doing because I'm yeah. not so here I, to be like, oh, I'm good. I have like, an issue. What are we doing? Right, I have so an issue true. with this because there is sometimes when I'm not real and it's mostly in a business setting. Oh, that's a whole different yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Although, but it's not. Networking. But it's not. I mean, it's, it's actually not. And I think they would respect the real even more in that situation. Yeah, but but there's it's like if I'm in a you know a, a big networking group with you know 15 attorneys or other, it's just people people have their act, you know, and it's kind of a part of. Um, it's not, it's not, it's a complete opposite of what you're talking about. There's like a, there's an ego piece to it. There's a business piece to it where, you know, you're, you're marketing all the time almost and you're marketing who you are and your business or your professional service. Yeah. So, you know, there's a time like when, you know, I, I wasn't the, my most authentic self when I'm talking in front of all these people about, you know, fucking professional services I provide, you know, so, so I, I get that because like, uh, like for me, like that was actually kind of a struggle is like doing the business, like that professional lingo. And I remember asking Tim, like, 
on the way to a flight, I was like, how do you do that? Like, how do you talk in this business way? Cause I don't know. And I kind of don't like it cause it's so fake. And like, I can't, I don't want to be fake and you yeah. be fake back. And uh, he just told me through osmosis, which is just about like being around it. And I kind of try to emulate Tim and like kind of other people that I look up to and kind of get to that point. But it's definitely hard for me because it is kind of fake. It's not the most genuine thing in the world. Like when Tim answers a call and it's a client and he just slips into happy mode. Yeah. I'm like, that's fucking crazy. It's a different business setting. There's there's some. But I mean, honestly, like, yeah. Yeah. No, you just have to be on point. You just have to be, you have to have, like, like there's been times when I've been in that setting and I'm like, I'm like not playing the game, especially when you're in a band. You don't even have to. That's the crazy part yeah. is I would just be in a room full of like A&Rs or whatever, like big wigs. And I would just be like not looking like happy and go lucky and like, you know, and I feel like that's in a lot of cases, like people sometimes do respect Oh, sorry. Is there and, an and expectation that, for like the band to be like that? I don't know. Because I feel like they usually, they know, they know the band's not about that bullshit. Like well, I don't know. I, but then there were other times where I just like, see, I don't know. I've never really had that problem. Like I'm usually myself. Like even when I go to business meetings with Tim, like I get like all amped up and hyped and I start explaining the shit the way I would explain it. And I'm cursing and I'm like being me. But I mean, I'm lucky that I get to have a partner who is like the the business and like I get to be like, the crazy artist, mm-hmm. you know, and it kind of works out that yep. way. But I I, 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 did you write down any topics or anything? Because I kind of was, well, 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 well we should probably, well, we, we don't need to like go into it totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, I thought we were just going to do Infinity Ward, the whole podcast. Right. We were going to go pretty hard Marvel, Infinity Ward. Do you know anything about that? Is that the one? Is it the last one? Yeah. yeah. Or do you know anything about like, the Marvel Than- Universe? Thanos wins? Yeah. Thanos, yeah. yeah. I, Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Whatever, dude. If you, you haven't seen it right I'd by sorry. now, you're a little bitch. Sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't have maybe done that. Well, actually, I want to rephrase that. I hate when people spoil things. I want to rephrase that because like I hadn't seen it and I didn't really... I was like, oh, Marvel, like big budget movie bullshit, whatever, you know? But like Wickham's super into that. And I'm like, okay, let me, I mean, I've seen some of them. I never really took them that seriously, but each one has, you know, 80, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Each one has at least four A-level actors in it. I mean, I mean, the list is crazy. I could not believe the cast of Infinity War. Yeah, no, it's insane. Unbelievable. It's never been done. It's, it's, it's. It was on a level that really, I, I went into it. So, so just a background of my, you know, my son wanted to see it. And he's like, you need to take me to see this movie. Yeah. And I, I had no expectations. I'm, you know, n- not a huge Marvel person, but I mean, I love movies and I love action yeah. and all that. And I was so blown away by you saw the movie i saw the movie infinity war yeah did you you, see all the other ones before that no i hadn't kind of like i had they don't hold your hand at all no so my but my son okay though my son gave me i've seen i think i saw one before but my guardians of the galaxy um i never have seen guardians of the galaxy dog and my son is like 
kind of like tripping on that too. So I saw this movie and I'm sitting there like, and my son, I don't even know. I don't even think he appreciates the level of acting and those actors that have full blown a list careers that are all in this film doing smaller parts or, or larger parts. It was like, it, it kind of like, it was like odd for me to see. Yeah. So that made me into it on its, that's a whole nother piece to what infinity war was. Um, you know, knowing, no, I, I did see black Panther. Um, so I had a little bit of that background, but I just was, when it comes to that, when it comes to that and how big budget that truly is. And yeah. I, when you're, when you have actors doing those parts, like are, are like, are they getting max money or like, what, what does that look like? The budget on that movie must've been astronomical. It actually wasn't their highest budget movie. It was see a age of Ultron was their highest budget. What was crazy. the budget? The age of Ultron. Age of Ultron was their number one highest budget. Well, what, 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 what are we talking here? How much was, I could look at that up right now. But so you're but saying I'm, you, gla- I'm glad you watched I'm glad you watched uh, Black Panther so that you could get the idea. I think like the beauty of that movie is like watching all the movies and the characters and then all of them coming together. Yeah, that's so a good way for it. you to think about it is like yeah, and you I've saw seen, you saw I've how saw, much I've seen I, all the Iron Man movies. Okay, so you know, so I know, so you know that yeah, like every like, character has their own. The like, only world. piece that I didn't really know, that I haven't seen is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but have you seen? Um, uh, the Captain America movies. I've, I've seen one. I've seen Hulk. Okay, so you've seen. Oh, I've seen. Okay, what about okay. Thor? Yeah, I have not seen Thor. That's but I, a big piece of it. Too. Yeah. So, so when all these characters are together, I definitely appreciate it, and I could yeah. understand their like the characters in them, and I I knew. Well, you're the, appreciating. The budget was four hundred million, so and it made it made two billion at the box office. So, that's just insane to me. Yeah. So what what you're saying is you appreciate different things than your son, and your son appreciates different things than you. Totally. And and which is the genius behind that whole so franchise. It, and I, I don't mean to be a spoiler, but at the end of that movie, my son was shook. Yeah. My son was shook. Yeah, I was too, man. And Fuck. and for me, I was not shook. I was smiling. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I, because when have you seen? An ending like that. I, I don't remember an ending like that. Dude, it's in Spider-Man. He's like, Mr. Stark, I don't want to go. I was like tearing up yeah. in the theater. I and, was like, and I was, dude, and my son was shook. And I was enjoying it because the theme in all these movies is so Disneyland to me. Um, and it's so Star Wars to me. You know, it's it's the dark side versus the light side and the bad guy versus the good guy. And it just didn't, wasn't like that in this movie. And that's what made me love it. Mm. So are you saying that you could relate to Thanos? Do you know what was motivating Thanos? I I mean, I saw the movie the, like the day it came out. So it's been a it's been a minute. Okay, so you don't really remember. Your son's about it. He made you go the day it came out. It's dope. Oh yeah. That's no, really dope. And I think it's important for us to be open. I think it's dope that you went and you went with an open mind, obviously, and you like Well, dude, I mean, look, it's a Marvel movie. It's like how could you not be in inter- like like there's not been many bad Marvel movies. There actually mm-hmm. hasn't been one bad Marvel movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so you knew like you're you're getting your money's worth. Right? It's a yeah. 400 million dollar, you know. But when I when it started the way it started with Hulk yeah, just getting his ass handed to him, and, and I was, I was like, kind of blown away by the whole piece to it, where, um, you know, good versus bad. You know, who mm. is good versus? Bad? 
it was so blended for me because the villain was well written he had like a he had a motive that was kind of like gray area it's like wait he kind of makes sense it It, wasn't just like and and so that that you know vagueness to good and bad look thanos's motivation is to save the the universe he's trying to save the universe because he's thinking it's going to be overpopulated and that's the problem. So he's just going to kill randomly half of everyone on every planet, which is insane. Which is insane. It's but, very, very neo-Nazius. But, <laughs> but at the same time, his motives aren't to like just wipe shit out. Like he's, it's Josh Brolin and he's like a complex character that's like that you actually could relate to yeah. on some level. And he like, like loves his daughter. Yeah. And- I'm, I'm thinking like, yo okay, this, th- there's a problem of, of the, the overpopulate, like in, in however many years, this planet is going to collapse. Everyone's going to be suffering because there's too many people on the and planet. And there's a finite amount of resources. So it's like, yeah, so it's like, what, what's the solution? Nobody cares about the solution. They just don't want people to die. Yeah. This dude is like, the solution is this. We kill half the planet and then everyone lives in a utopian society. So that's like, that's fucked up, but it's also like kind of amazing. So like at the end... And he, his own planet was destroyed by overpopulation, so he knows what happens. Wow. So it's kind of dope. Like, and, and, and Josh Brolin's amazing. And Well, the, the directors, what's dope is the reason why that, that doesn't seem like cheesy, good, and evil is because those directors, the, the Rousseau brothers... They first started uh, with the Winter Soldier movie, which was like this dark, like espionage movie, and it was like dope. And then they did Civil War, which was like dark and like emotional. And then they did this movie, and what was interesting is it was is uh, they had it all planned out. Like they wanted um, Civil War to happen before Infinity War to break them up, the Avengers, so that they'd be ill prepared to fight Thanos. And then mm. in this one, you could see they were split up. They were on Thanos' planet and they were on Earth. Yeah, they were all over the And they the were place. just like, yeah, they didn't, they, 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 they fucked up. They lost because they weren't and together. To, they were losing these little individual battles over and yeah. over again. And to, Why? Because Tony could, couldn't call Cap. Tony Stark literally like had his phone out and he, he could have just called Captain America and been like, yo, I need your help. I'm over it. Like, fuck my ego. I'm over it. Like, I forgive you or whatever. I'm sorry. Like, can we just work together again for the betterment of humanity? Of the universe. And he didn't do it. But, and to his defense, like, that shit, the habits of war is pretty rough. Like, to see your parents getting murdered and, like, your best friend, like, yeah. knew about it. Is, that's, it is pretty rough, but, like. But, the, but, but he did that as, well, he just knew about it. Yeah. And he knew, so, so the reason Tony Stark is upset with Captain America is because Captain America knew that the Winter Soldier killed his parents. I didn't, I didn't know you, that. You didn't watch Civil War? So no. it doesn't matter. We're, we're talking to people right now. So, so Captain America, just, he just knew how Tony Stark's parents died. But the dude who killed Tony Stark's parents wasn't, he was like being controlled like on some like Manchurian candidate shit. He was mm. like a, a soldier made by the government programmed to kill Tony Stark's parents. So Captain America's like, that's like my boy. Like that was his friend. It, it's and, his only friend that's alive from his, everyone he's known is dead. Cause he's from the fifties. Right. So that, that's, so that's where, the only person that's alive and it's his best friend. So he's trying to defend his best friend. But that's actually where I feel like there's a plot hole. 
because I think that Tony Stark would like understand. I don't know, dude, because the, the, the way they, they showed it was really why I would see Tony reacting the way he did. Was yeah, like Tony's the way got an ego. The, the villain yeah. knew this, right? And he got all three of them in a room and he played the video of the dude killing his parent and like holding his mother and like killing him. Right. And like he saw that with his eyes. And I think when you see that, it's a completely different reaction. But and let me I, ask you I, this. I like Tony would want to kill both of them. Let, let me ask you this: Why did he? Why did who had Winter Soldier kill Tony Stark's parents, and why? Because they were like agents or mm, something. That's sort of vague, huh? Mm, it is a little vague. See, that's like a high level question. That's mm. a prequel story. Actually, it is. A what? That's a prequel. Oh yeah. That could be a whole thing right there. Yeah. Like why? Like who were his parents, and mm. why were they killed? Mm-hmm. Like the government. oh, they had they had um in their suitcase they had the uh, super soldier serum shit in there, and they needed that serum. So he they killed so the Winter Soldier killed Tony Stark's parents just to get that yeah, serum. Yeah. So the, the 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 one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about um this this movie was because of some of the the characters in the movie struggle with some of the same things that we were talking about earlier in this podcast, like greed and selfishness and manipulation and being able to overcome that stuff for the betterment of society is like kind of like what we're trying to do on a daily basis on a smaller level. But that's why these movies are so great is because you can, you can look to, you know, a character like Thor and and you can you can you can see that you don't you can't he should he's not able to do everything on his own. Right? Well, you, I, you I think, think you can, you want to, but like at the end of the day, like if you have help from your friends and you can be humble and well, ask and for he, help. He was so prideful. Like he right. like in that scene with Rocket, he was saying just like I've had 15,000 enemies and I've destroyed all of them. Thanos just another one. He was so ego driven and like to the point where when he did get that ax and kill and like hit, kill Thanos almost, he didn't go for the head. And the, the people asked the Russo was like, why didn't he go for the head? Why didn't he go for the head? It said, because he wanted to look him, look at him in the face while he killed him and say, I told you, you'd, and that's a totally, to, and he at the cost of the universe to bring it outside the movie for me is you relate, to the story, right? So everyone, every character has their story. And the problem with outside is you don't know everyone's story. So you can't possibly know what another human being is going through at any given time. And so like, like that for me, I mean, that's just, you know, it's so relatable because you know, everyone's story. Yeah. But, but even though I don't know, Dude who cut me off on the freeway and I'm like mad because he cut me off. Even though I don't know why he did that, I can think, okay, I've definitely been that guy before. And I can either be mad at him or I can just be like, dude, maybe this dude's like rushing to the hospital because his son is dying. Right. And then I, it's my whole perception changes. Yeah. And that's like the whole thing that's like a really good example of like it's there's also um um you know what is water you know that video on youtube mm. 
um, it, it's a, it's like a dissertation speech written by, um, that, that great writer who did, um, who, who wrote, um, here, you have your phone? Yeah. What, what is, what is it on YouTube? It, it's about like being at the grocery store and like being all upset about like, um, I always forget this dude's name. It's a great um, YouTube video. I almost like want to like play it. It, it. It's a it's a David Foster Wallace. Um, like there are these two young fish swimming along, and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way, who nods at them and says, "Morning, boys. How's the water?" And the two young fish swim on for a bit, and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes. What the hell is water? The point of the fish story is merely that the most obvious, important realities are often the ones that are hardest to see and talk about. Stated as an English sentence, of course, this is just a banal platitude. But the fact is that in the day-to-day -day trenches of adult existence, banal platitudes can have a life-or-death importance. The plain fact is that you graduating seniors do not yet have any clue what day in, day out really means. There happen to be whole, large parts of adult American life that nobody talks about in commencement speeches. One such part involves boredom, routine, and petty frustration. The parents and older folks here will know all too well what I'm talking about. By way of example, let's say it's an average adult day, and you get up in the morning, go to your challenging white-collar college graduate job, and you work hard for eight or ten hours, and at the end of the day you're tired and somewhat stressed, and all you want is to go home and have a good supper and maybe unwind for an hour and then hit the sack early because, of course, you have to get up the next day and do it all again. But then you remember there's no food at home. You haven't had time to shop this week because of your challenging job. And so now, after work, you have to get in your car and drive to the supermarket. It's the end of a work day, and the traffic is apt to be very bad. So getting to the store takes way longer than it should. And when you finally get there, the supermarket is very crowded. Because, of course, it's the time of day when all the other people with jobs also try to squeeze in some grocery shopping. But you can't just get in and quickly out. You have to wander all over the huge, overlit stores, confusing aisles to find the stuff you want. And you have to maneuver your junkie cart through all these other tired, hurried people with cart, etc., etc., cutting stuff out because it's a long ceremony. And eventually, you get all your supper supplies, except now it turns out there aren't enough checkout lanes open, even though it's the end-of-the-day rush. So the checkout line is incredibly long, which is stupid and infuriating, but you can't take your frustration out on the frantic lady working the register, who is overworked at a job whose daily tedium and meaninglessness surpasses the imagination of any of us here at a prestigious college. But anyway, you finally get to the checkout line's front, and you pay for your food, and get told to have a nice day in a voice that is the absolute voice of death. <laughs> and then you have to take your creepy, flimsy plastic bags of groceries in your cart with the one crazy wheel that pulls maddeningly to the left, all the way out through the crowded, bumpy, littery parking lot, and then you have to drive all the way home through slow, heavy, SUV-intensive rush hour traffic, etc., etc. Everyone here has done this, of course, but it hasn't yet been part of you graduates' actual life routine, day after week, after month, after year. But it will be. 
and many more dreary, annoying, seemingly meaningless routines besides. But that is not the point. The point is that petty, frustrating crap like this is exactly where the work of choosing is going to come in. Because the traffic jams and crowded aisles and long checkout lines give me time to think. And if I don't make a conscious decision about how to think and what to pay attention to, I'm going to be pissed and miserable every time I have to shop. Because my natural default setting is the certainty that situations like this are really all about me. About my hungriness and my fatigue and my desire to just get home. And it's going to seem for all the world like everybody else is just in my way. And who are all these people in my way? And look at how repulsive most of them are and how stupid and cow-like and dead-eyed and non-human they seem in the checkout line. Or at how annoying and rude it is that people are talking loudly on cell phones in the middle of the line. And look at how deeply, personally unfair this is. If I choose to think this way in the store and on the freeway, fine. Lots of us do. Except thinking this way tends to be so easy and automatic that it doesn't have to be a choice. It is my natural default setting. It's the automatic way that I experience the boring, frustrating, crowded parts of adult life when I'm operating on the automatic, unconscious belief that I am the center of the world and that my immediate needs and feelings are what should determine the world's priorities. The thing is that, of course, there are totally different ways to think about these kinds of situations. In this traffic, all these vehicles stuck and idling in my way, it's not impossible that some of these people in SUVs have been in horrible auto accidents in the past and now find driving so terrifying that their therapist has all but ordered them to get a huge, heavy SUV so they can feel safe enough to drive. Or I can choose to force myself to consider the likelihood that everyone else in the supermarket's checkout line is just as bored and frustrated as I am, and that some of these people probably have much harder, more tedious, or painful lives than I do. Again, please don't think I'm giving you moral advice, or that I'm saying you're supposed to think this way, or that anyone expects you to just automatically do it, because it's hard. It takes will and effort, and if you were like me, some days you won't be able to do it, or you just flat out won't want to. But most days, if you're aware enough to give yourself a choice, you can choose to look differently at this fat, dead-eyed, over-made-up lady who just screamed at her kid in the checkout line. Maybe she's not usually like this. Maybe she's been up three straight nights holding the hand of her husband who's dying of bone cancer. Or maybe this very lady is the low-wage clerk at the motor vehicles department who just yesterday helped your spouse resolve a horrific, infuriating red tape problem through some small act of bureaucratic kindness. Of course, none of this is likely, but it's also not impossible. It just depends what you want to consider. If you're automatically sure that you know what reality is and who and what is really important, if you want to operate on your default setting, then you, like me, probably won't consider possibilities that aren't annoying and miserable. But if you've really learned how to think, how to pay attention, then you will know you have other options. It will actually be within your power to experience a crowded, hot, slow, consumer hell-type situation as not only meaningful, but sacred, on fire with the same force that lit the stars. Love, fellowship, the mystical oneness of all things deep down. Not that that mystical stuff's necessarily true. The only thing that's capital T true is that you get to decide how you're going to try to see it. This, I submit, is the freedom, a 
of real education, of learning how to be well-adjusted. You get to consciously decide what has meaning and what doesn't. That is real freedom. That is being educated and understanding how to think. The alternative is unconsciousness, the default setting, the rat race, the constant gnawing sense of having had and lost some infinite thing. I know that this stuff probably doesn't sound fun and breezy or grandly inspirational the way a commencement speech is supposed to sound. What it is, as far as I can see, is the capital T truth with a whole lot of rhetorical niceties stripped away. You are, of course, free to think of it whatever you wish. But please don't just dismiss it as some finger-wagging Dr. Laura sermon. None of this stuff is really about morality or religion or dogma or big fancy questions of life after death. The capital T truth is about life before death. It is about the real value of a real education, which has almost nothing to do with knowledge and everything to do with simple awareness. Awareness of what is so real and essential, so hidden in plain sight all around us all the time, that we have to keep reminding ourselves over and over, this is water. This is water. Do you know who that guy is? No, who's that? Um, David Foster. David Foster Wallace. He killed himself. Whoa. He's an alcoholic. <laughs> Whoa. When did he make that commencement speech? Um. And who? What university was it to? I don't know. Why did he kill himself? He couldn't practice what he preached. But I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about is like sometimes the darkest people are like aware of like what it takes to be happy. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And like this, there was a movie made about this dude with um, Jason Siegel and um, Michael What, what trips me out is, is that to me... You know, you, you, you're talking about the movies. This, right? this the, dude's like literally one of the most successful writers of our generation, straight up. Well, that's to me the real dark side versus the good guys and the bad guys because that's, that's within you. Just like, you know, some of, you know if you, the way you choose to perceive things, if you do it negative, that's the dark side. And if you do it, you know, the way he's... It giving you awareness about, you know, compassion and gratitude and all those other things that are positive. Yeah, but you, you, it's funny because you go through life and you don't even know that you have a choice. Like, you don't even know that you can look at it differently because you're so stuck in that rat race. Well, it's the easiest and the automatic. Yeah. Um, there's a movie called The End of Tour where um, Jason Siegel plays David Foster Wallace and Jesse Eisenberg plays the dude who from Hard Rock who went around with him and like wrote about his life. Wow. Yeah. And How he, have I not heard about He this? wrote Infinite Jest, which is this hugely successful, like gnarly book. And this dude... That was published in 96? This dude's just like ill. And like, I, I, I almost wish... I don't know, my, my hand hurts from like holding up the phone and like the music was like too loud, right? You couldn't really hear it. I mean, I it was it. pretty clear. It was but pretty, like, yeah. that's like, the, the way he describes it is so dope because it's like, for me, when I'm able to make that shift, 
in my mind, I'm, I, I'm actually not able to do that, right? And he even said, this isn't like about any kind of mystical dogma thing or whatever. And it kind of like plays on like what we were talking about on that last podcast is like for me, like being able to do that, I attribute that to something other than me, some power greater than me, which is what I attribute like spirituality or like God, whatever the fucking the taboo word that no one likes to use. That's like a simple way of, of I think, describing what he just described I think in it's long a, form. Yeah. I think it's more about like what, like Eckhart Tolle and all those guys wrote about, like that's more power of now where like you, I don't know if you've ever heard of like landmark. Yeah. Um, or di- have you done that? I've heard of it. So like I, Jesse has, so I did that. What's, oh, what's, what's landmark? Yeah, it was. Um, it's like a course, like a self help course. Yeah, it's like modern principles of Zen Buddhism, and they're you know they're telling me on Friday when I went there, and it's just it was like some crazy class. Yeah. Oh, you went there this Friday? No, no, no. This was this was years ago when my, before my daughter was born. So this was uh, nine years ago, and they were telling me on Friday when I went in there that I was going to be enlightened by Sunday, and I'm t- s- sitting there. Listen to these guys like they're out of their mind. Yeah, like they're like, crazy. Okay, buddy. You know, I had my <laughs> I had my story. I was okay, like, sure. <laughs> yeah, like that's gonna fucking happen. No, it like costs a lot of money too. Yeah, oh, it was it's not, crazy. There's so, like cor- there's like different course. Like yeah, so I, I went through it, and sure enough, man, Sunday at you know four or five o'clock, I have this moment where my entire body felt like it had just risen off the ground. I was literally, I'm not kidding you. I was floating and it's like a mini, it's like a mini enlightenment where they ingrain in you the whole weekend, these modern principles of Zen Buddhism. And then you finally have this moment where you're somewhat in it's temporary, but you're in it. And so they took a break after this thing. And I remember that I was sort of hungry, but I was floating, literally floating. And I walked across the street, the most happiest I've ever been in my life. Um, I, I remember, and I was like this, this stuck with me for like two weeks, where I was only, it was the only thing in my head at every moment was this exact moment. And the, and the freedom that's around that. And that the only, you know, so, so, it, you know, it, it, it kind of tripped me out and I probably should go back. <laughs> I probably should go back because literally I remember they're telling me I was going to be enlightened. I'm like, you, these guys are idiots. And sure enough on Sunday, all of a sudden my body felt like it was floating. But when you, yeah. And I had that feeling for like, for like f- probably a week and, after. And, and when you walk into a grocery store feeling like that. Everyone that comes into contact with you, and their that, day gets a little better. And that's what Joe Joe was talking about yeah. a little bit. Like about how we have the power. Our to, collective consciousness could really yeah. change. So you don't even know what you did that day or that those two weeks. Well, but the people around you, your family, your friends, they experienced oh man, I was a positive something positive yeah. from you. Yeah, I was in a bad relationship, and I kind of just stopped arguing. Yeah. I just didn't want to be a part of it and just was very agreeable. Wow. And all of those, all of those stories and acts that you carry with you that are ingrained with you since you have a traumatic event in your life at, you know, age five to seven. 
and that frames kind of your psyche in a way. And anyways, so it kind of tripped me out the whole, the whole process. You should, you should definitely do it. I mean, you're, yeah. you, you know, it's this fool's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. It's so funny. You, what are you talking about? Are you really like? No, I mean, I've, it's not new to me. I'm down to do it. I'm, no, I mean, like, I've we, had those experiences as well. But like, we have AA. Yeah, that's like our thing, right? So for other people, they can get it through religion. They can get it through Buddhism. They can yeah. get it through Landmark. Landmark is a way of explaining this stuff. Get off your phone when you're on. No, I'm looking, guest on a fucking podcast. <laughs> Landmark Worldwide. Been on his fucking no, phone. No, LandmarkWorldwide.com. That's why we need like all, uh, someone that can like look this shit up for um, us. What are you trying to look up? I was just I rem- uh, yeah my, I haven't my, brought this up in in probably ten eight since I've been wow which was what it was but they it's like very culty they tell you to like but bring, you, bring people to yeah them. I know my my uncle did one called benchmark and he got other people involved and he felt better than ever now he's on fucking heroin facing ten years whoa so it's like it's not about like one. Yeah, it's, it's a continual. It's a continual, and that's why they want you to keep going back because you have to keep it, and to and to keep it, you got to give it away, and that's why I think some of the shit we talk about, I talk about, resonates with you because the seed has been planted, for sure. So that, when we talk about this type of shit, you're like, ding, you're like, it's like this is the shit that matters. What we're talking sure. about right now matters more than it. fuck all the other shit. We talk about culture and Kanye and all that dumb shit. That's cool. But like, this is the shit that fucking matters. This is the shit that will really like make you happy. Well, and, and, and free. Well, and like you, you, you know, what's interesting about that is, um, like I've, yeah, I've totally related. I felt those ways before. Um, like, yeah, part of AA is like meditation and doing 10th steps. And like, we do these like things called 10 steps, which are like personal inventories about like every good business takes an inventory to like keep it running as a good business, right? So we do inventories of like our fears, uh, resentment, sexual misconduct, everything. Mm-hmm. And then I meditate afterwards and it kind of gives you that same, like you're, you're, you're like, you're lifted, right? And 100%. I was watching this video about um, a neuroscientist talking about um, this time they, they, they uh, examined the brains through an MRI scan of professional meditators, like the real ones, like that are meditating 24 hours, like their whole life is like, yeah, like Tibet and shit, like the, right? like the Dalai Lama and the, yeah. the, yeah, the monks. Yeah. So he was talking about, um, so there's this, there's this, uh, there are these waves in your brain called gamma waves. And in normal people, we release gamma waves when we like finally accomplish something that we've been wanting to do for a while, get a promotion at work, you know, like finally clean our room, but we get it for like a second. It's like a split second of gamma waves, right? And when they, when they looked at these monks' brains, what they realized is that these fools have the gamma waves all the time. What we get for a second, it's a constant. And it, it's, it's scientific proof that like they're on some other shit. Like they're on some other wavelength. What, what I trip on is if that's what we get from it and we've experienced it, like, why wouldn't we just always be going for it? Dude, like, like you every, experience that. every time, every time. The hold dog. on, hold on. You experience that. Oh, for sure. Why the fuck <laughs> would you not go back and try to do yeah. that more? Right? No, I'm not saying that you're, oh. I'm not saying I'm not just yeah. like you. No. I am just like you. It's, it's funny. It's, 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 it goes back to, it's a, it's a constant practice it is constant it is daily and when you but it's almost like we're when not you see the smart. dalai lama tweet something about you know compassion 
and the way we all should approach specific things. He's, he's on that level and he's constantly on that level. I know, but what I'm saying is like, why are we so stupid? Yeah. Like those monks that are, that they're going for it because they know, they know, they know, we know too. We do, but we don't like, it's, we, we, we still want like, the, the, to be dope and like to well, do well, dope shit think, and like well, to here, have dope yeah. cars here, here, and like here, 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 fuck. it's our background. Sex, I mean, honestly, we come from white. Well, there's a lot of you know white privilege. In, I'm, in, I'm, I'm gonna keep it 100 percent right now. Like the sex thing, that's the thing. You may not, you may or may not realize it, but like that's the hardest part. Absolutely. So it's like being attracted to these fucking women on Instagram. Or wherever or wherever in yoga but it's, class but, but yeah in yoga class but like but the reason i bring up instagram is because like we're all online every it's fucking day there. and it just pops up and it's like the way That's they're why. presented on the internet is fucking perfect it's like this perfect idea of what you've always wanted and it's like ding okay now your brain just got turned on the ego got turned on you need to get this bitch with what how are you gonna get her Money, power, prestige, car, wealth. So that's the only reason people want any of that shit is to get the girl. That's it. So it's the sex drive. So like this is a this is a natural instinct within us. That's what. That's the biggest fucking problem, and that's actually something. It's the core problem. It's the core issue, and I'm struggling with that today. Because those monks and those guys that are meditating, they're they don't do any. It's like they're abstinent and they're right i mean they don't right they're they're not there's yeah, nothing I, I, if, if you think about it too like that need is just like an outdated old genetic code to just reproduce they're, they're human thinking. race they're, they're, and we don't need that anymore it's outdated and it's fucking us up yeah we're and so, these monks know that they're like this is all they're, on, bullshit. they're not even on got, that level you guys are just like dogs humping each other no. in my backyard so basically we're promoting celibacy on this podcast now <laughs> Let's not go that no, far. I, no, like <laughs> I don't, I don't want that. Trust me. No, I, but, but I'm just saying. In theory, I'll get so much more done though. Like, oh I, God, have you had that so, conversation before? Yeah, like, if you, so if you took out, you like, took, imagine how much an asexual person gets done. You it's not even I mean? just about getting shit done. It's about like being in a more peaceful place. Yeah, but like, I can't even relate to an asexual person on what their drive is. That's a that's. Because my drive is that that power. Well, that's, that a, that's the wrong drive to have. That, right? I can relate to their drive. Their drive is just like enjoying their life. It's like this dude was talking about in that fucking thing. It's like it's not about the goal. It's about the journey on the way to the goal. Like you're looking for this thing that's going to get you what you want, which is the bitch, to fuck the bitch. But really you're missing out on the majority of your life, which is try, which is the way to that thing. You actually probably won't ever get the thing, right? right I know right. I won't because I'm unsatisfiable by nature. So no matter what I get, well, I think we all are in some way, no matter what I get, I'm immediately wanting something well, else. We're, we're Let uns- me finish. Yeah. No matter what I get, I'm immediately wanting something else. The target's literally moving. So knowing that I'm like, okay, let me just like, what if the target was like right now? This is the target. We've hit the target. We're talking, enjoying our life with each other right now on this podcast and everything is perfect. Well, the unfulfillment also comes from the environment 
and everything around you, oh like my the Instagram, God. we're bombarded yeah. by unfulfillment. Capitalism it's constantly telling you you're not enough. 100%. Yeah, capitalism is unfulfillment. So we're just like mm. dodging landmines all day long, and then all of a sudden, boom, we get hit by one. The girl with the fucking no bra and her shirt's wet and her tits are fake and big and she's wet on the beach and she's so hot. Not even that. Even a fun, not even a sex thing on a fun on a deep on a fundamental level. But it all goes back to all, that. Every every fucking commercial you're watching is you're not okay, and if you buy this product, you will be okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we don't really, yeah. I mean, and 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 you know, even though commercials aren't really, we're not really seeing commercials anymore. That's why I'm bringing up the Instagram thing because you're seeing more images online. Well, on my Instagram, the first but thing it that is, comes up is Kylie Jenner's ass. It is, it is a, I mean, he just went on, ju- he just opened up his phone and I don't know what it is about that little red square, but there's, it's almost like they've embedded some kind of magnet to your thumb. If there's a little red circle, a notification on your Instagram app, if there's if the, if that notification is on my app, I my my thumb is hitting that app before a really important well, text or email. They've done studies that show that you actually release dopamine right. when you hit that. Yeah. Right. So I'm like going. To, I'm going to that. So fuck a commercial. But 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 Instagram is a commercial. It's the I know, commercial. That's what I'm it's saying. A giant. But l- 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 let me. The point I'm trying to make is that before any of this happens, we need to have humility. Because if we can really have humility and like selflessness and almost like admit that we're unimportant or that like admit complete defeat, like that's step one, really. Step one, I'm not, 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 I'm not saying everyone needs to subscribe to these standards. For, for me and Wickham, this is how it works. Is this like dropping your ego kind of thing? It's like more than that. It's like, it's like admitting that our... Our, our God-given instincts have gone too far and they're not serving us anymore. Like they failed us. Instincts they gone failed awry. Us. It says so, in the book, that, like our, the book that we had, the big book, it's instincts gone awry is, all, is the reason for all our character defects. So, so like I've admitted I'm powerless over drugs and alcohol. That's the first part of the first step. And the second part is and that my life has become unmanageable. So my life is unmanageable with my mind because my mind will always go to those things, always. It will always be motivated by like fear, insecurity, desire, want, ego. It will always be motivated by what do I need? What can I get? Like this dude said, you're thinking about yourself all the time and that's why you can't take a step back and be like, yo, let me look around the store and all the people in line and what are they dealing with? And Where's the beauty in this? Compassion. Yeah, like empathy. Empathy. Like So as soon as I can just like cut myself out of it, and the only way really to do that, that's the thing, is like this speech is great and all, but for me, I would have heard that speech and been like, oh, dope, let me try to go live this way, and I would fail. And the only reason that I'm able to succeed now in living like this is because I've admitted complete defeat, which means that like I know my mind like can't serve me, unless I'm with this other power or like, unless I have like this bigger concept of love and like humility constantly like with me at all times. 
So it's like, they say like, what would God have you do? I know it's corny. Like you can call it whatever you want, but like, what would, what would Jesus do? What would God do? What would Buddha do? What would, you know, the Dalai Lama do? If you just think about what they would do, you're in the right place. Like, yeah, that's a practice. It's a practice. And, and, it's and, actually a discipline, right. which becomes a practice, which becomes a pattern, which actually starts to build a new character. Say that, say that again, slower. No, so it's, it's, a, it's a discipline at first, and you don't even know what's happening. You're just disciplining so you yourself. To, you, Let me finish. You're disciplining yourself. Yeah, like you wake up, and it's a discipline. I got to get down on my knees. I got to like humble myself. I got I to ask this power to like remove my fear so I can focus on being of service to the greater good of humanity today. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Then it becomes a practice. It's like helping others and reaching out and being honest and humble is sort of like a practice. Now you're starting to do it like it's not as hard. And then it becomes like a pattern. And now you're starting to build a new character. If you do this thing for like long enough, like years, like I've been doing this for years. Now it's almost like letting go is almost like my natural state, like pausing when I'm agitated and like letting, trusting someone else and like giving it up, giving up. Like I have this thing upstairs that I made this dude write like, like a piece of artwork, Matt Resnick. Oh, Is no that way. Your fucking boy. Like, he does dope art. So I see him doing these really cool characters, and I'm like, will you write give up on it? Because giving up might seem like something that's like not good, but like for me, it's everything. Just like give up. Just give up Surrender. the fight. Surrender. Like what you said, you stopped fighting her. You just like, you just gave up. You're like, I don't even care anymore. Like, it's not important. How yeah, can I serve you're you? You're like dropping conflict. But the first thing is like recognizing like I am, I, I don't know how this translates to like normal people who well, like this, don't have the disease is, of alcoholism. It's not even that. It's, yeah. it's creating, you know, there's, there's people who are stuck. They're overweight or they're whatever. They have their, their problems, whether it's, you know, inside them internally or in their environment or it's negativity or whatever that is, right? Everyone's fighting their battles and they're struggling. If you can create the discipline, which turns into what, the, the, the practice yeah. that turns into patterns and then you literally change the way you think. You're literally building a new character. You're, 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 changing, you're changing who you are. Yeah, and because most of us weren't raised right. Right. And most of us had a traumatic event in our life and, you know, shit happens and life happens. But, but what you're saying, it relates to everyone and everything. Yeah. And I think that a part of the way, reason why we've became close recently is because the way, because you're like that. Right. And I'm attracted to that yeah. because it's a compassion thing. And it's a, it's just, you, you know, what's crazy Danny went on the trip, the Lake Mead trip that you were going to go on yeah. because he's sort of been like coming around a little bit more and been like attracted to this. And it's just funny because we didn't even have a guest tonight. I don't even know how, how you're here. Whoa. This dude just like showed up because I, yeah. I, I maybe you called Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's just here. No, she, Veronica told me that you were doing a podcast. So, so like, I was like just rolled. I didn't even think like, that's dope. 
because yeah. you already know I'm down. So like what happened is like we experienced, I, I for one experienced some of that on the, on the trip that oh. last, that last, he was a part of that affirmation circle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just when, when you have this like overwhelming amount of like love and, and after, and you're doing these affirmations and you're just like throwing a bunch of positive, like good energy into a circle, like you start to feel high when when someone that i don't know that well like you're you know like like jason 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 or jason's uh wife victoria victoria when when vicky vicky said to me something that isn't often said to me but it broke me down like it like literally like the stress sort of left my shoulders i'm like constantly you know i'm a dad i'm constantly worried about my kids and and she's just like the fact that you're so worried and the fact that like you lit up when your son called you or whatever that is like shows like how much you care and how good of a dad you are period. Yeah. yeah. And anyways, well, so not even that just overall, like after giving people affirmations and that energy, but that was one of yours. That was one of mine. That was one of the things that she said when it was time for us to do Danny. Mm -hmm. She said that about him and she didn't really know him that well, but she's, practicing this and her and jason have gotten this you could tell too that they practice it oh they're see that's another thing to them that you know see that's another thing about like success right they're like successful and it's because of this Mm -hmm. it's because when you radiate that kind of positive energy people just want to fuck with you totally and And then you're also not only that that's why i'm here but not only that you can like tap into like the best version of yourself which really like isn't yourself or take pieces of what people say yeah and create it and turn it into your own but then like you can go out and give that to the world and be and like do better work you can be inspired more you can like make better decisions you can which which if you're asking me like i'm actually not making the decision i'm like giving it up i'm giving it up give up and then like it comes to me like sometimes slowly, but sometimes quickly. Like I was presented so surrendering. Like I was presented with a conflict just recently. Like we won this thing. We won this pitch to do the 40th anniversary of Alien. Like I am the owner, the co-owner or whatever. It's my company, Ridge Production. Mm-hmm. I want to direct this thing. But Noah wrote the script and he also wants to direct it. So I sat down and I had this conversation with him. My ego was like, this is the first thing he's ever going to be directing for the company. All right. I want to at least co-direct it. I just want to be there and I want to have a say. Right? I mean, that's not... Yeah. yeah. It's not, that's, you're not asking too much. But, but because I have this new character, I was able to like soften and just recognize that like, he really wants this and you know what maybe i just need to trust him and let him do his thing and i just like let it go gave up the control i just let it go and i know a lot of successful business owners who would like not have done that i wouldn't have done that and b like um yeah, they wouldn't have done that, and 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 they never do that. They, and they they're they're controlling everything, and, and it's w- like I just don't choose. I don't want to choose 
that's just not my path because that's not what this shit, that's not what we're talking about no. here. I really want to live you this. You could have created a constant conflict, conflict through the entire project. And like in some situations, like it might be the best, it might be good to like, I don't know, like it's hard to read like the divine um the the message like it's hard to know what decision to make but i think in if it was a different scenario maybe the right decision would have been to take that directing thing back you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's hard to know you kind of have to pause and like you, i mean the most important thing like i said is just you have to let go of your ego you have to really be humble in that moment and um and know that that's not what's going to define you Right, that's what happens a lot of times. Is we think that the thing is so important that it defines that it's going to define like who we are as individuals. And as soon as I remember that, that's not. It's the journey. It's not doing that thing, right? It's like we need to enjoy this process. It's the journey, and like that's what matters, you know. And I'm good. Like I got like my friends, I got my, my, I got Veronica, I got, but forget about all that. Even I have me, I have like this power. Like I have that thing. That's all we ever really need. And that's all these Buddhist monks need. And like, that's kind of like what we're striving for. And then I just like, you can just let it go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, struggle with that. Yeah. I think everyone does. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I struggle with not having a discipline and not being able to let go. Yeah, but I think you're doing pretty good. I mean, you, you definitely have. Well, another thing is, you know, is like where, like, like Pat, do you, are you hard on yourself? Um, I think that would be like an understatement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't even, I, I, I don't even, like I'm so hard on myself that I don't even, it's not even like me being hard on myself. It's like, it's just never good enough. So, you know, but I'm, but, not, but the new character is like, it's okay. It doesn't need to be perfect. It's never, it, the, the idea that it's supposed to be perfect is crazy. It's, that's ludicrous. Right. And it's the practice. Like it's the falling, it's the failing. That's what makes you better. It's like, it's recognizing that all the things that we perceive as like bad or negative are just a means to like growing, you know, all the pain and shit. That's like Wickham had me listening to this podcast, which was really dope. The, the drama one. Yeah. Group chat. Yeah. Th there was a really funny moment where he's like, I get it. Like you're grinding, you're out there, you're hustling. Like, like, did you think that we forgot? Like, you know how there's all these Instagram people are like, I'm out here getting it. Like I'm out here grinding dog, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. dude, like we get it. Like we're all grinding. Like we're all like life requires a grind, a right. grind. Those, right? are, those, are your, those are all of our instincts. Yeah. And it's like, what, what, what are you trying to, um, well, that's a, that's an insecurity or maybe an ego thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I forget why I thought of that. What podcast what, what, was that? Group chat. Group chat? Mm-hmm. Chris Drama. Okay. Uh, you know Drama yeah. from Robin Big? Yeah. He has his own podcast. It's so good, dude. Yeah. The one with Rob Deerdeck is incredible, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's really good. But, like, it, it's... it's um, 
yeah, it's it's it, grinding is just it's almost like a negative word. It's like that that to me that's like that lets me know that you're like it's like I'm not grinding, like I'm enjoying. I have an issue. You know with, what I mean? Like I'm yeah. inspired. I'm like I'm 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 just living. Well, it's just validation. I'm, you know, you want everyone to know that you're you're grinding. You're gonna be big. Like when you say grinding, you're insinuating that like I'm gonna kill it. Like right, I'm gonna right. And please, I want you to know that so that you validate me. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, another thing that the, um, I was gonna I, I was gonna say something along along these lines where like in business or something where someone's just like, like along the same lines as I'm, you know, like we get it. You're grinding. It's like, Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I've been so busy. Yeah. And it's like, we get it. We're all busy. (laughs) No, no. It's along the same lines. Right. And my, and my, what you should say is, I'm sorry. I've made a decision to make my work more important than you. Whoa. That's what you just did there. You're busy. Right. But like you could be busy with like treating my, our friendship. You could be, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you've, you're not busy. You just made a decision to make something else more important than getting back to me. Right. You made a decision to make me less important than whatever you were working on. Yeah. Which is basically money and power and greed and success. Like, which is actually, which will just be a really good clean segue to Kanye and like all the shit he's doing right now on his social media, it's fucking incredible. Like this dude literally had nothing on Instagram. Have you been following him? Yeah, of course. And all of a sudden, it's just like, he's just posting like all kinds of crazy shit. And the theme is like this same theme that he's had since he had this like rebirth or whatever, which is like love, positivity. And like, I know you think like, you don't have like a lot of like um, hopefulness, or like, you don't really know. You think he maybe kind of fell off, right? No, I think in music wise, maybe a little bit. But as a person, he's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I'm. What I'm, he's saying, I think everyone needs to hear. What, what's this thing coming out on on the 29th? Yandi. Yandi. It's Jesus. It's not a Jesus. It's Gandhi. It's the same like album cover. It's pretty Whoa. dope. Yeah, so it's Yandi. But what is it? It's, it's his, an album. He's got a whole nother album coming out. Yeah, and then he announced Watch the Throne 2 so, with Jay-Z and another album with Chance. Let's uh, have a little faith in that dude. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm stoked. You know, that, that could be really cool. You know, and that's just... I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful, but at the same time when, you know, he's dropping a lot of stuff that the quality is... The quality. There's <laughs> Rob. You know that. <laughs> you know that clip. I sent him the the way I got him to listen to that episode is I sent him a clip of Rob Deerdeck talking about. He's like, this guy Kanye dropped some half produced, half mixed sh- bullshit and shitted out four songs, and everyone's like, yeah. this is the culture, man. <laughs> and yeah. Like, I mean, he's defining it, you know. But like, um, I, I, you know, I'm excited when new music comes out, regardless. Yeah, like that, you know. I was just talking about it. I've been waiting for the, the second Brockhampton album, and that just dropped tonight. Whoa. So I'm stoked on that. That's dope. And the new, you know, the first track on it sounded like a heater. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a music person. You know what really trips me out actually about this Lake Mead trip too was that I thought like I was into music and like I knew my shit. Mm-hmm. 
and all of your people yeah. are so yeah that's deep crazy right? music it's like I, I can't even explain the level of it's like beyond professional it's like beyond it's like they, they it's like it's their it's their life absolutely dude yeah. i same thing when i started and, working at ridge i was like these fools are like they like love music and they know so much about music on another level it's insane talking to you know pretty ricky and talking to ryan his you know his Whoa. older brother yeah and talking to tim carhart yeah tim just knows. just they you know i've been getting i've asked them i'm like send me stuff just send me stuff yeah and you know you know pat Patrick Goldenberg has sent me so much music and and I'm like, I'm vibing right now. I'm so, I'm so happy with all the new music he's been sending me along with discovering the stuff I'm discovering regularly, but it's your friends are so next level. We all, we all are though. Like you guys too, like we all can learn from each other and it's so cool to find like-minded people to like build and grow with, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It really is. That's kind of what this whole like Chumba thing is about that Jason's doing, you know? Now, what, what, tell me a little bit about that. Well, they, 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 they just have this like... Like they're doing a little get together. Yeah, the- they have like festivals and they're doing the art night. They're doing like um, active Chumba, which is like beach stuff. And like you're like, you're, they know you. So you're in the mix and like... Um, it's just in the way that both of them and you and Veronica open up your house is... is is very different to some people. You know, some people their house is their private sanctuary and they right. and they shut it off and they don't let people in there. And, yeah. And then and then it, but you guys are just so on that different tip where I could be, you know, I, I just text you or whatever and just be like I'm rolling over or roll yeah. over. It's Yeah. It's a very different thing um cuz I I don't even do that with my place. I don't know. My I, Right. You know, it, so it's just, um, it's, it's, it's very admirable. Yeah. We like that and they like that. And it's, you know, there are times when it's like just me and her, you know, and we're doing like the, the, the alone time or yeah. whatever. And we need to like make that a thing too. Um, but I, I think that like we value, you know, people, I don't even want to say like a tribe. No, it's like you guys are creating your own culture. Yeah. And and it's just great. Like, you know, and, and this is just the very beginning of, you know, what can be like a long term thing with like them and this podcast. And I mean, anyone listening to the podcast can like be a part of this too, you know? Well, it's, you know, we started talking about podcasts, I don't know, not too long ago. And it was like this automatic connection where like we, I felt like you were all already on this like higher level intellectually just because of the experiences that you've had and that you've been this whole form. It's more like spiritually. It's yeah. Or emotionally. Yeah. Cause I, mean, I don't even know if I'm that smart as like intellectual. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, just talk about this type of shit so much in the rooms and shit that like I'm able to like put it into words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, people feed off that. So, when when we started hanging out, I was like, I mean, not to you're a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> cool. And you're you know, but but it's a good it's a good weird. Yeah. And um, I was like, I was, you know, around my group of friends, and 
And my group of friends were like, what did you end up doing for Labor Day? And I was like, oh, I was, you know, hung out with Pat and Veronica. We went to Lake Mead with a bunch of their people, and it was it was great. Yeah. And because, you know, now they're like kind of my people. And, 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 and they're like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, no, it was like, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, cool. You know, oh, cool. No, yeah. you have no idea. Like, I, like, those people are woke yeah. as fuck. Yeah. And the, the way that the, just everything went. It right. was just, it, it was like, it was just different. And I wasn't used to that. I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I've, I've experienced some of that, but not like the way you guys did it. So, um, and I don't know, it's just, it's, I'm drawn to that. I'm drawn to the, the people who are, well, cause maybe I need that. Yeah. You know, I need more Obvious, of that. Obviously you do. And I, I encourage anyone who wants to be a part of that to like hit me up, anyone listening or whatever, you know, like I feel really lucky to have like the, to, to have been given like an opportunity or whatever to, to be, for these to be values that I like. You know, like I have a different set of values today than I did like 10 years ago, you know, like well, family. It's the, it's the pattern. Yeah. 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 It's like you know, the, say who, who you think. And when you're hanging around with people like that, like, yeah, Jason sold 20 million records, but like, that's not what defines him. You know no, what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's crazy to be around a dude like that because like the reason I say that is because that stat attracts people that aren't really woke but like you can like wake them up well it's it's, it's you see funny. jason and you're like damn like he really isn't he doesn't act like no 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 like he, dr luke or fucking a dude that like defines himself based on those because it's like sometimes i'm around these really successful people and they have this really weird insecurity going on and they're like mm -hmm. trying to like constantly remind you of like their successes and that's just like this dude is so not like that and it's yeah. so cool well, to be around people like that i described my like my sister was like who were you with i was like oh i was with my you know friends pat and ronica and and um and you know jason and his wife vicky they're like next they're like super successful they have a studio and they do a lot of they write a lot of songs they sell a lot of albums and Right. And my sister's, my sister said, Oh, I'm not even, I'm not about that. I don't hang out with that. Like I want, I stay far away from that. Right. And just the, the manner of being so closed off. Right. And not understanding where, where they're about kind of, kind of trips me out. Well, because, I think the stigma, you said people, some people are attracted to it. it also the, it has right. a negative effect that people right. are like, Oh, this person's, on a different level than me and, and fuck them. And they are, they're hate, and they hate. But I think that, that for someone to be so opposed to that, there's something else going on there. You know, hundred percent. There's some personal shit going on. Yeah. Like maybe she either wanted that at one point in time and didn't, wasn't or able got to get fucked it. over by someone who was. Yeah. Um, yep. So that, that just goes there, back to well, that. The, that story, right? There's a story there. And she's acting upon that story right. that's in her. Right. And that just goes back to the, the, the complete defeat thing, like letting go of all that and being humble and like forgetting all the shit you think you know and just like walking into every situation with like a total open mind or else you're going to miss out on so much. So I wanted to, I wanted to say something that, that I kind of ran into that I thought was fucking amazing. So I don't know if you, you're not big sports guys or whatever, but, they, but on HBO they have hard knocks where they follow a football, an NFL team around in training camp. Mm -hmm. And they followed the, this year they followed the Cleveland Browns around and they just tonight just won their first game in, in 
640 days or something. Mm-hmm. So they didn't win any games last year. Jesus the, Christ. The first team who didn't win any games last year. Whoa. And they finally won their first game tonight, three weeks into the season. Anyways, long story short, they they had hard knocks. It's HBO, and they got the guy with the HBO voice. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and it's, it's awesome. I mean, pe- players are getting cut. They follow players around that you have a... Uh, they, yeah. they, 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 anyways, they follow these players around, and and you feel for them, and they end up getting cut. I mean, it's like it's crazy, the, the way that uh, it's just a great show the way they do it. Right. And one of the tight ends, one of the like the big receivers on the football team, has this. They, the Cleveland pays for a, a like a meditator. Right. And so every morning, and I've. And I kept re- repeating it because I thought he listened to like some specific tape that I was looking for. But he gets up, he gets up before his day, and this guy for ten minutes is telling him in a meditation. He's literally doing whatever trans transcendental, whatever type of meditation it is. It is this person is saying to him, "You are going to be a better person today than you were yesterday, and you are going to." You know, all these like positive affirmations. And for me, I would the whole time I'm thinking, man, I got to find a tape like that. Right. Or I got to find something like that to listen to just when I'm getting my coffee or whatever the fuck that is, 10 to 15 minutes in the morning. Right. So I think that'd be a game changer for me because it kind of it kind of creates that discipline. Yeah. That you're talking about. Well, I mean, you also could just like pray. That's what praying, like, uh, my thing is, like, just hit your knees. Hit your knees. Yeah, see, my, my problem Does with, that get you humble? My problem with that is that I'm not, I'm very agnostic. So that's your problem. That's my, that's, like, my, that's you not being open. Yeah, right. I, I'm, agno- I'm agnostic. So sometimes the way we need to grow is right it's it's the one thing that we don't want to grow. It's like that one thing that we're like, oh no, but that's not for me. So it's like, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know anything, right? Complete defeat. I don't know shit. My mind is fucking not here to serve me. So I don't know. I don't know what I need. I might need that tape. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I fuck yeah. with the tape, but like I also fuck with hitting my knees and being like, yo, how can I, how can I, like how can I serve? How can I be the best version of myself today? It just like kind of reminds you of all the things you're focused on. Like, how can I like not be afraid? How can I be the best version of myself? How can I help humanity? How can I show up where I need to show up and like um, serve others? And 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 you just it's like not it's like I'm not even like saying the words. I'm just like thinking all this like good stuff positive stuff and i'm just like so you do that in the morning i try to and i try to hit my knees and put my head in the ground because it's like it's like humbling and like what 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 i'm what i'm praying to isn't like a god or religion it's like a fucking it's like i'm praying to like the the energy of like love and humility and like it's like the the force you know what, you, Wickham, you do any of that? I mean, yeah, I'll, absolutely. So, so you're, t- what, what does that look like for you? Is it similar? I mean, yeah, uh, 
this is for me to know. It's not even for the podcast. This is I need yeah. this stuff. I was actually very agnostic too. And then I remember like we have this thing called the big books of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So there's like the, the it's kind of like the how to and everything. And uh, there's this chapter called We Agnostics. And I was like, whoa, what is that? And uh, I read it uh, with my sponsor and it totally changed everything because the guy who wrote it, the founder, Bill Wilson, this white dude from the 1920s was telling me what I was thinking in my brain. And I was like, whoa. And he, the, the biggest line he said that really impacted me is um, he was talking about how he was agnostic, right? And his friend had gotten sober through um, Ebby. And he had gotten sober through this this thing called the Oxford Group. And he was, and Bill, like, and he came to his house and Bill was like, all right, this guy's just going to preach about God, whatever. I'll drink while he preaches, right? And he was totally close-minded to it. And then, and then Abby brought this idea up of what if you had your own conception of God, right? And, um, and then Bill writes, he writes it really beautifully, and I'm probably going to butcher it. He writes... And in that moment, the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow that I was shivering finally melted and I felt the sunlight of the spirit at last. See, that's my misconception around that is, you know, I'm thinking I literally, you know, 12 steps, Jesus Christ. And that's kind of what I've just it's a, you know, I'm because I, I don't know. Wait, so why Jesus? I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds see, stupid, but no, again. but this is, this is what we're talking about. It's like, we have these fucking ideas in our fucking head and that's what that whole benchmark thing was all about. Yeah. It's like, forget those ideas. They're not helping. Cause like that, nowhere in the whole book do they mention Jesus. Yeah. And I mean, in Bill, that's even literally, I mean, <laughs> Bill, goes, Bill goes through that too, where he's, he's, he's talking about. Um, he like he's like oh Jesus this Jesus that and he's talking about why he's agnostic and it's all the things I related to which is like why would I believe in this religion where the priests are molesting children and there's these countless wars fought over it and Christianity sucks and the entire the entirety of religion sucks and all of this stuff I mean, religion. and then and then he says like I let I let uh, the ugliness of a few trees distract me from the beauty of the forest. Yeah, right. religion only ever divided. As far as I'm concerned, and, and, and going into it, it's like a spirituality, it's an energy, yeah, and it's like a god of your own understanding. So, Whoa. actually, I, I was talking to Prosser about this because he really needs to get sober. And after that affirmation circle at Lake Mead, Prosser was like, came to me and was like, "I've been meaning to talk to you about like getting sober for a while now, and I just haven't been able to." Could you sponsor him? Or that- I mean, I'm down for whatever, but he's he's just not ready. But he was he has the same thing that you're talking about. He has a hard time with the God thing, and I was like, "Bro, you know that feeling you get when you like see your kids, like that's God." You know, you, you know that feeling you feeling. never thought you could have, right? Because you never had it. You know it because you have kids, or those little you know synchronicities, or whatever, or that deja vu where you're like, "Fuck, I dreamt this before," or whatever that is. Yeah, it's like in it's, here. It's yeah. It's not here. It's right. not in your head. It's, it's, a, like it's inside your heart. It's a it's a it's a presence. Yeah. Whether it's in you or outside of you. So or, look, there may not be any kind of any there. There may not be anything. I don't know. I don't know anything. All I know is that feeling is real. 
right? And when I serve others and when I'm in that humble state and when I'm loving and when I'm like living my life that way, everything's just better. So that's God. I mean, we, I just call it God because it's an easy three-letter word to yeah. remember. For and like a year in my sobriety, I had to not call it God. I just say my higher power. It's just like easier for me to like, just the word God has all this negative shit attached to it. I'll just call it my higher power, my higher power. But, but conversations but, but making I've, me sweat. Like, but now I've grown God. to the point yeah. where I'm like, yeah, like I, I know what God is and I'm, I know how to separate it from all the negative but bullshit. Like, but the, the, the whole thing about not using that word, that also is kind of like an ego thing too. It's like... Yeah, like I hate when people share and they're like, my higher power that I choose to call God. Like, or like, yeah, it's, it's like, just like you want to make sure that everyone knows yeah, that like, you're not up, down. Dude. And it's yeah. like the, the thing about humility is that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. And, 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 and to, to be able to hear that with an un, with like a non judgmental mind requires humility also. Whoa. Right? So it's like that. By, but in calling it the word, the very word that we've been resisting our whole life, there's like a, that's a, that's a part of the practice and discipline. Another, it's I, like reprogramming your fucking brain in the one way you don't want to. And, and another thing they talk about in the rooms is like, they talk about how we were in the book too, is like, we, even though we like that Christian guy like that really religious guy that we know like we would talk shit or like think he's corny or like weird or whatever but they always had something about them that was like right. whoa like it was like a learning like and we all felt that like they had like, something they like, had no matter how much shit we talked they, they were going through a similar they had this peace or like this happiness like this this thing whether it's real or not does it really matter right that's well, what I always say, and we were always envious like, of that. You know thing. what? I don't right. really give a fuck if it's if it's true or not. If it's making my life better, I'm going for it. Well, it's, for another problem with, with with the way. So I was educated. Uh, I went to college, and I was I was a, uh, a like a biology major at first, and then I ended up switching majors and, and being following this guy, this specific speaker around. His name was Bill Maher. He has since published a couple of books about banking systems and anthropology, and yeah, um, he, he kind of blew my mind away with with his his talks. So I literally ended up taking like three or four classes with them. And the problem with with that is you're being taught right. It's so like it's very non spiritual and a godless teaching of you know the factors of how power begins, how tribes start, how civilization begins. Mm -hmm. All those origins of humanity um, are, are very, don't, they don't include that. You know, they don't include anything spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so my education was that too. Right. And that, you know, so, you know, there's, it's, it's um, kind of a trip. Yeah. Um, Sam Harris talks, I, I don't really know. I mean, I know Sam Harris d d deals with a lot of this kind of stuff. He talks a lot about this kind of stuff too. Um, it's, uh, it's whatever, you know, is he on it? He's got a, he's, he's tight with, um, he's a part of the dark web too. The intellectual and, dark web. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Is that what we call it? Jordan yeah. Peterson. Um, ben actually, Shapiro. but just, just to trip you out even more, the sermon on the Mount is like a, 
Okay, well, first of all, you know Jason and, and, and Victoria are like super Christian Jesus people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I, I feel I, like this like, whole like time, born again. they're just, yeah, they're just super into that. So I feel like this whole time we've been talking, like anytime we go in that direction, you're kind of like, eh. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, so I noticed that with people because I was like that. Um, it's funny. It's almost like we're trying to convert people on this podcast or something, <laughs> but we're not. It's not. It's their, that's their higher power. No, it's all good. But like Jesus like did this sermon on the Mount and he, and there's these beatitudes, right? Like, like blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Like, do you know about this? Mm-mm. Jordan Peterson talks. He really, no, it's like, real but this is what I trip on. It's like, you don't even know about this. Well, George, I heard Jordan Peterson's a little bit talking about Adam and Eve. No, he breaks oh, it down. That's amazing. You he breaks it down. Like this, this isn't just the best selling book in the world for no reason. Right. So that's ego to think, to completely dismiss something that has saved so many people's lives and that has done so much good for humanity is actually really kind of crazy. And like, narcissistic well also like if you really uh, think about it so to be open to these concepts and these principles like blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth meekness is like humility you know and it's like service and it's like the earth is like it isn't meant to be taken literally nothing in the bible is meant to be taken literally it's all like metaphors and stories for also other things like rejecting any idea of jesus or christianity isn't actually agnosticism that's atheism right right like because a a real like a real agnosticism is like you don't know and you're admitting that you don't know but but like having but like i know a lot of agnostics and like i thought i was an agnostic but i was really an atheist yeah so maybe i'm and then so then so then when you take it there and you go like i'm an atheist so an atheist is believing that it doesn't exist which is crazy to me well but part of my see see these concepts and principles, they're you know they're they're in my religion and in the Torah and and or the first book or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the same shit. It's the same shit. It's all the same shit. But I've never been a person to look at that. Yeah, and it's funny. You know, someone um, oh, I wanted to read something, and now I I don't remember where I saw it, but. Someone posted something which was the definition of Judaism, mm. which is basically like the definition of all religion. Right. <laughs> and it was it was all you know, service. Yeah. Service to mankind. Yeah. That's and it. what did you do to make, you know, do your mitzvah, right? Right. Or do your something to someone else to improve on humankind. Um, but how, kind of, how, how can you serve mankind if you're only serving yourself? That's exactly. That's, the other that's kind of the, about, the battle that we're. That's the thing waging. about egos. Is like, well, even even like the uh, the co-founder of AA, uh, Bob, um, his last talk he ever did before he died um, was talking about. He's like everyone's always tripping about like sponsorship or like AA or like the thirteenth step or like all these rules, but when you boil it down, the foundation of the program is love and service. That's mm. it. That's it. That's it. They're, everyone just overcomplicates it and turns in all this bullshit, but that's it, dude. That's and, it. And that's, I think it's the message for humanity too, just love and service. And that's actually where we will find true happiness and freedom. Uh, I Love and service. Yep. 
I, I think that's the when when we're you know you looking for that quote I'm kind of looking for that quote but but when <laughs> when you know you're talking about love and service it's like how far and you pull up you know you you open Instagram where it's the opposite of that it's narcissism not necessarily well that, that not that not necessarily that's just your view of it and your view you're 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 viewing it from a a selfish if you view it with love and service it looks totally different it's exactly the way he walked into the fucking grocery store and when he was serving himself he saw all this fucked up shit he was annoyed with this guy. He was annoyed with the lines. But then when he came in there with a different perception, which was love and service, he was at peace and he was like empathizing with everyone and like loving everyone and understanding and like he was in a better place. So if you go on Instagram and you see it with that lens, with the love and service lens, you can like people. Oh, you look so great. Right, right, right. I want to fuck you. Right, you're enlightened. Yeah. <laughs> can we, right. I don't know. What's right. up? No, I, I Let's get have it. a fucking orgy. Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> and it's, and it's um, you know, the Dalai Lama is always talking about you know, inner peace in your heart. Yeah. Is met, this is the true measure of success. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that's dope. So it's like. You that's know, the type of success I want. That's, yeah, and I, I had an old sponsor who told me he's like, success isn't how much money you make, it's how many people show up to your funeral. Right, because you can't take that shit to the grave. Yeah, and, and, and the only reason a lot of people would come to your funeral is because you're just a cool, like, nice dude. You have, where you, you affected someone in a yeah. positive way. Exactly. Yeah. And you were a part of their life. Um, let's wrap her. That's a good way to wrap it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks for coming, Danny. Yeah.